Hello and welcome back to the GamesIndustry.biz Best Place to Work Awards session for the UK, sponsored by Amicus, Hutch Games, Playground Games and Games London. All the games. If you've missed any of our previous panels on diversity and inclusivity, environmental issues and climate change or mental health and well-being, you can still watch them. Just visit our YouTube channel or you can download them all as podcasts via your podcasting platform of choice. This is our final session before the awards themselves, and it's a it's become a bit of a tradition here at the Best Place to Work Awards. We're going to interview the winner of the Best Boss Award from last year's event. And that person was none other than Gareth Edmondson, Studio Director at Creative Assembly. Hello, Gareth. How are you doing? Hi there, Chris. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Congratulations. How's it feel being the UK's greatest games industry boss? Have you had a, has it been a, been a uh, year of being praised as you walk down? The, I guess you haven't walked down the street. <laughs> no, I haven't walked down the street much. But uh, yeah, I, also, it was a little, uh, I was a little embarrassed by it because I was only in the role for uh, a, a couple of months when it was announced. So I feel like, uh, of course, standing on the shoulders of giants at Creative Assembly anyway, but also, um, uh, yes, I'd only just taken over, so perhaps those that had gone before me were more deserving. But uh, anyway, the best boss award isn't just for the person in charge of the whole company. It's often, you know, it can be someone who's a little lower down the uh, in senior management of some description, which you've been doing. You've been a long time, um, uh, which is actually how I was going to start this conversation. Because how did you sort of talk about what talk about your games industry journey? Tell us about it. How did you get into this um, this business? Uh, yes, okay. It's, well, it started in uh, around 1997, 98. Uh, um, so I um, originally, I'm actually a civil engineer, uh, construction and, and so on. And um, But my brother in the, uh, in the 80s started a, a little studio called uh, Reflections that um, uh, uh, when he was at school. And, uh, and I was sort of interested, but I was a little bit younger, younger than him. And I went off and did other things. And then um, after a few years in my career in, in engineering, uh, we were chatting, chatting one day, and he'd grown the studio to about twenty people, I think, and uh, um, and he was looking for some uh, project management uh, expertise, and that's what I was doing in engineering. So uh, we sort of had a bit of a think about it, and uh, said, "Oh, maybe I can come and come and help." So uh, so that's what I did, um, and that was uh, when Driver One was sort of an early prototype uh, way back then, um, and. Uh, and that, that's, that's kind of where I started. So that studio was, was I'd say, about 20 people. We grew to about 40 to make Driver One, uh, which was released in 1999. Uh, and then um, I was there for uh, quite a number of years um, as sort of a production manager, that sort of thing. Uh, and then um, eventually took over the running of that studio. Uh, um, and then uh, the studio ultimately was owned by Ubisoft. So I, I, um, uh, I worked uh, leading that studio for a while with Ubisoft. And then... Moved on to do uh, some other things. I had a go at um, doing our own thing with a small group of other other people in uh, in mobile, uh, which uh, we uh, uh, we we had a, a small studio and some um, some some publishing uh, in in the mobile business. We ended up being pretty pretty crushed by the competition when everyone was spending a million dollars a day on free to play marketing, and we were we were able to spend twenty thirty thousand dollars or something. So uh, it was quite a humbling experience and. Uh, and then uh, I moved on uh, uh, to Creative Assembly after that, and that was uh, five and a half years ago now. Uh, and I joined Creative Assembly as COO, so looking after operations and finance and, and so on, and, uh, and, and eventually uh, studio manager last year, studio director last year. Did you always want to run your own studio? Was that the dream from the start or when you, when you got into it? 
not not particularly. I was sort of I was always fascinated by the industry because I was sort of very close to it right from the very start with my brother and and you know a couple of his friends you know coding on BBC uh, micros uh, you know at home and and I was always fascinated by it and always loved playing games but. Um, I also didn't particularly have, you know, I'm not, I'm not a programmer, I'm not an artist, and I didn't, uh, didn't know really how I could get involved at that early stage. And uh, uh, so, so running a game studio wasn't particularly an ambition that I, I sort of uh, saw. But then as I got more and more involved and as I saw how games got made and how, you know, and as teams grow and how the, uh, you know, the, the importance of the creative collaboration and how, how, how people work together, it, it, uh, it sort of sort of dawned on me that actually I really, really want to continue in this for one thing, but also, you know, what can we do to continually create? It's such an interesting, um, such an interesting business to be involved in. So, so uh, it was kind of uh, not, an, not an original ambition, but probably became one as I went along. It's, uh, it's quite different reflections when it was 20 people. And I think Creative Assembly are what? Nearly 1,700, I don't know. Well, yeah, 826 uh, or thereabouts as of today. The challenges must be radically different. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, of course, the industry has changed significantly in that time as well. Well, a dozen times. Um, yeah. uh, well, I mean, well, let's talk about because you say you're kind of new, although you're not new to running a studio, you are new to sort of running Creative Assembly. Now you're the studio director at, at CA. How have, you, um, how have you found that? Uh, yeah, it's um, it was a sort of fairly careful transition over a period of time because uh, you know I've, I've been here uh, quite a while and um, I started to get involved in the in the day to day you know uh, a, a couple of years ago, uh, but then when I did uh, sort of finally informally take over in April um, 2019, of course we've just just gone international lockdown, so uh, you know I had quite a lot of plans for what we were going to do and further growth and so on, but uh, that priority switched pretty dramatically uh, into, uh, you know, dealing with a, with a global pandemic and a crisis. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that any of us thought we'd ever face. So, uh, you know, focus switched. Uh, but, um, you know, once we got sort of through the initial stages of that, well, then, you know, we've got different challenges because of that. But uh, uh, nevertheless, the sort of ambition remains the same. Uh, so, um uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite different to how I expected, but not because of anything other than really the the, the situation with the global crisis than anything else. So you've done all of this preparation and easing into this sort of role, so it's more of a natural transition, and then the world sort of ends and 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 does and then does a lot of that um, and that uh, 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 on that good work. Well, let's let's just. I was going to ask this next, but let's talk about the pandemic. How has, how have the challenges of that evolved? Because I am talking from my experience, you know, it was to begin with, there was, it was one challenge that overcame and then it just sort of how people reacted and people felt as moved as it go along. So how has, how has the challenges around that evolved as you've gone along? Yeah, I mean, it has evolved. I think early on, it was all about crisis response. So, you know, immediately we needed to get everyone safe. So we, we uh, we put everyone working from home uh, about about a week before uh, the full uh, UK lockdown uh, happened. Um, uh, but we also then needed to very quickly get into getting everyone able to work from home, and uh, so so it was that was all about sort of crisis response. But that was over quite quickly because you know the the there's, there's nothing like focus around a uh, an issue like that to try to to try to resolve. But our support teams. 
you know, our IT teams and our, and our support teams were just incredible at that time in getting everyone home, getting them safe, getting them work, uh, working and operating. So we, we quite quickly then moved into, uh, you know, a period of supporting people. And that, that then became more about looking at reacting to individual needs. Uh, so, you know, we very quickly started to learn, well, of course, childcare is an issue. So we need to be flexible around uh, people's childcare, childcare commitments. Certain disciplines were experiencing quite severe remote technical issues and uh, all sorts of inefficiencies and so on. So, so that then became sort of another phase, which was, which was more about individual, uh, uh, you know, individuals. And then moving forward, uh, then we've had sort of quite a big focus on on uh, building our, our building and maintaining, of course, our social connections that and, and providing the best well-being uh, support that we can. So, you know, I do a weekly live stream to the whole studio. I've done that pretty much every week since the beginning of lockdown. Doesn't doesn't matter if we haven't got a project update. I'll just uh, just just helps me, you know, connect to everyone. Uh, I'll talk about new initiatives or, or whatever. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we're we're. Uh, you know, we're, we're onboarding new people. We have to, you know, the social connections and the connectivity between people is super important to Creative Assembly and our culture. So trying to to maintain that as we've gone along uh, has, has been one of the big challenges. And, uh, you know, we've had some successes as well, of course. We've released quite a lot of uh, stuff whilst we've been uh, all working remotely. We've released some uh, DLC for Three Kingdoms. Uh, our, the studio in, in Sofia uh, has released a a full standalone title with Troy, uh, and you know we've we've achieved quite a lot in that in that period. But um, we found over that period that uh, the, the 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 creative challenges uh, that are that, that are there because we're separate. Uh, those are you know those are really important to try to help to solve. So uh, uh, so that you know we we still work on that every day, and. And also, it's important not to gloss over the fact that pand the pandemic has amplified some of our, uh, you know, issues which probably already existed. So, uh, you know, communication becomes harder. Uh, so we just, you know, continually work on trying to improve those those aspects. I found that in some ways it's accelerated things, you know, like um, I'm I've I've found that uh, certain things that perhaps the company, my company in particular, was thinking of doing over the course of five six years trying things out they were forced to try it out straight away i mean we're, we're a lot of our company lot of our company is remote working anyway but uh, uh around communications around constant you know weekly streams with the boss that sort of stuff is something that existed before and they thought well, okay this needs to exist now and we found ourselves and they're not just in employment i guess it's true of everything in pandemic mm -hmm. we've just found ourselves yeah. doing things that perhaps would have taken a lot longer um to get to otherwise is that is that is that true for you yeah absolutely we we started a very small trial of of uh uh one one small team working from home on a friday to see if we could start to bring more flexibility in and of course you know uh, a month later we we we're, we're we're getting everyone working from home so uh so yeah all of those aspects it accelerated those sorts of uh uh, you know, you you wouldn't go into it doing an experiment with the entire company if you if you if you didn't uh, if you didn't need to. But uh, the learning is huge, absolutely huge. Well, outside of COVID, um, because obviously it's a bit all-consuming, I suspect. But what would you say is your greatest challenge as a manager? What do you think is the the hardest thing you have to do? Um, uh, sort of, I mean, generally looking looking forward, uh, you know the 
it's hard to hard to disconnect from COVID because the world is going, you know, the world is changing. We're going to be more, uh, you know, we, we need to be more flexible in the way that we, in the way that we work. So, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the goal always remains the same really for me, which is it's about bringing brilliant people together uh, to create brilliant experiences. And so the changes that are happening um, uh, in, in the industry, there's always change in the industry. So, um, uh, you know, the future of, you know, what work, what work looks like as we, you know, start to return uh, back to the studio, those sorts of problems uh, are sort of right at the front of our minds right now. But it's, it's constant change. So uh, uh, whilst, whilst, of course, always uh, keeping an eye on making sure that we're making brilliant, brilliant stuff. So I think, you know, the, the challenges for managers and leaders are, are the same. It's just different change comes in and, 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 uh, and it's how we react to that change. Well, that's sort of preempted my next question because this business doesn't sit still. I was only reminiscing, I'm 14 years in this industry and I'm only, I was only reminiscing the day about um, when I started in this industry, I was price checking boxed Guitar Hero games from Woolworths. And it's like, there's, there's certain, <laughs> some of that still exists, but not complete. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, uh, and that was the big thing back then. Um, and we've gone through so much change. And every time we do an event like this or any form of event, the conversation is almost radically different to the one that we had two years ago. And it, it, it thinks some stuff hasn't worked out and some stuff does, and we will move forward so quickly. But I guess this is that this is the, what's the secret. How do you stay on top of your game to make sure that you are constantly able to evolve as this industry just forces you to? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a secret. I think it's really about, I mean, always getting feedback. So the studio helps, uh, helps me with their honesty. You know, we're pretty, uh, they're pretty straightforward with uh, telling me when things aren't right and, um, uh, or when we re- need to need to consider something else. So, uh, you know, um, always getting feedback, uh, that, that, that I think is critical and, you know, making sure that those channels are open so that we do get the feedback the team will always push to seek improvements. Uh, e- even if we're, you know, we seem to be doing well, we always are looking for, for improvements. So uh, so listening to the team, that's one key thing. And the other is it's really tempting to just look internally. And, and it's a little bit harder with, um, and you know, not going to events like GDC where you're naturally just sort of immersed in discussions with, uh, with other people about what's happening in the industry. It's really important to keep your head up look at what's going on in the industry and, uh, and, and keep thinking about that as well. So uh, listening internally and looking around mm. externally, I think is, is uh, it's not much of a secret of that, but it's uh, it's the only way I can think of doing it. Well, no, I mean, but when you look around in this industry, you'll find one person's telling you game streaming is going to be the future and subscriptions is going to be the future and VR is going to be the future. And this is how you should be, you should be offering staff this amount of time off. And, and then, and then a year later, the advice is completely different. I, yeah. It is, I guess you just have to trust your instincts a little bit um, in, 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 in that, but in an industry that's constantly on the edge of it's on the cutting edge of everything so there's nothing you can't really look around to see what other people are doing and oh that's a template for me to follow because there isn't any templates and i um it's not really a question but it's uh it's it's for me it's sort of sums up this industry in that you sort of just have to find your own way yeah absolutely but but you know uncautiously as well you know just to be careful just careful that we don't break things that's a that's a key thing yeah yeah and you that's something else actually is that um the games business um sometimes moves so so fast so for so fast that it 
it sometimes leaves things behind some of it it sometimes it sometimes takes things with it that it shouldn't <laughs> and then it sometimes leaves things behind that it shouldn't as well um so uh uh and that's yeah cautiously is the is the is the is the it's a good response well this is a really broad question um and uh and it can reply to any of your experience really but what do you think is the secret to being a good boss uh yeah there's there's yeah, there's lots of answers to this i suppose for me uh uh, authenticity, integrity, and empowerment would be three things that I would, you know, always look for uh, in uh, the leaders around me uh, uh, as well. So I think super important to be honest about the challenges we face. Uh, we've got to, you know, uh, understand that we can't always solve every problem right away, but but it's a continual, uh, uh, continual strive for improvement, and and you know, uh, just being just being honest about those problems uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's it. Uh, you know, as we as we try to address one thing, you know, something else will come up somewhere else. So, it, it, you know, it's a it's it just never ends, and and that's 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 good. That's fine because we continually, you know, we we try to we try to avoid making uh, the same mistakes twice. We try to look for new problem, new new mistakes to make, and and keep moving forward in that way. But continuously striving for that that that's that I think is absolutely key. Um, listening, and and I mean really listening. So. You know, even if we don't have solutions, just taking time to hear what the teams are saying um, or, or, you know, even maybe even more importantly, what they're not saying. Um, you know, I think it is a skill. And when we're stressed and up against tight deadlines, it's easy to it's easy to forget about that. We definitely don't get it right all the time. You know, all of this stuff we don't get right all the time. But but, the you know, the intention is to continue to improve on this stuff and, and continually learn from the people around you. Um, always seek ways to improve and support. Uh, and and uh, and develop um and just on empowerment trust trust is really important um now we, we of course want every person involved it's not practical to have every person involved in every decision but trying to get that balance right where uh, our teams are, are genuinely empowered to make the decisions to impact the experiences they're creating but you know uh, fits into the overall vision of the or the direction of the studio or the franchise or whatever uh, uh, empowerment is really, really important. So, uh, you know, as again, of course, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't always, uh, always get that right all of the time. But, uh, you know, it's game development is this amazing, uh, uh, collision of different talents and skills. It consistently amazes me, uh, uh, how, you know, people come together to create these experiences. So, uh, uh, and, and we see so much of that talent at CA. So, my goal really is to nurture that talent and see it realized. That's uh, that, that, that's my job. Well, that's that's great. <laughs> so, I'm lost for words. I'm lost for words. <laughs> well, that's well, a good thing or not? <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 there's so much more advanced than me. I don't really have anything I can add. And yeah, it's uh, uh, and you know, Creative Assembly do so many cool things. You frequent winners of these awards and with all your uh, um new initiatives and ideas and concepts and working with students and stuff that you do for charities and the things that you do with um uh well well, well men health and well-being and all this sort of stuff and it, it every every year it's like oh here's something else new and major that the ca is trying out and this is what we did from last year and changed for this year and you can see that in um well i can see that in doing these awards um um so um excellent um i'll ask one more question although it might end up becoming more who knows um 
what do you see as sort of the challenges uh, of the future for game development leaders such as yourself? Uh, I think it's uh, it's along some of the along the same lines as some of the things I've already been uh, already been saying. Really, uh, uh, in a way, it, it's the same as always. So, uh, uh, our goal is to bring brilliant people together to create brilliant experiences for our players. But the constant, is, so that's the constant. But it's always changing. That's also a constant. Everything is always changing. So, what the future of work looks like, gamers' expectations are rising what the disruptions are that are coming in business models, technology, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think it's back to the back to the question that you asked me before uh, that, you know, I see as uh, key management challenges. It, it's, it, it, it's all of those, the constant change, but a singular focus uh, on, on brilliant people together, creating brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, you know, is um, why this industry and my role is just so endlessly fascinating. So, I, um, you know, I kind of relish that. Uh, I relish that really because it's, uh, it, you know, if there's if there's one thing that's uh, that's interesting, it's constant change. Well, yeah. Well, it doesn't. I mean, we're such a young industry, really, by by standards, um, by other industry standards. You know, I, I the idea, even things are things like um, the makeup of our studios and and our teams. Whereas before, most of the, I, sus- I suspect most studios are getting older. Right. In, in many ways, and there's a lot more people now with kids and families and that changes how you have to approach uh, running things. And so it's not just, you know, the industry that constantly changing. It's the makeup of who are making these games. And because we were so young for so long, um, uh, you know, talking about your brother setting up a studio sort of at the beginning of things. And now here you are sort of uh, a billion dollar industry business that it is that today. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's not really a question, but uh, I thought as all great answers. Thank you so much for your time, uh, uh, Gareth. Congratulations on your win, uh, 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 the last Best Place to Work Awards. Um, and uh, I, hope, uh, I hope we'll see you at uh, a future one very soon. All right, well, thank you very much. Thanks for your time. That is it uh, for uh, our Best Place to Work Awards sessions. Um, uh, next up is the Best Place to Work Awards UK ceremony itself, where we, we, we will reveal the best employers in the UK games industry. You won't want to miss that. See you soon.